there, all you dear people. Welcome to For Real. I am your grateful host, Kim Stewart, and today is such a fun day because I got to chat with Stephen Miller. Stephen is a YouTube star to the tune of like 750,000 subscribers, that kind of YouTuber, okay? Not the guy in his basement with a mullet. No offense to him. And I love how Stephen and his wife Amanda use that space to tell the great story that they're living with their seven kiddos. Stephen and I talked about how in the world it works to have a bunch of teenagers and live a public life, how to decide which project has wheels, and what it feels like to be utterly in love with your high school sweetheart two decades in. I think you will love hearing my conversation with author, musician, and entrepreneur, Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller, I am so excited to have you on for real. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, it's so good to be on here. I've been waiting for this for so long. So I'm really I'm so excited. excited. You are presently sitting outside of your home in a home in an <laughs> RV and there's a cat behind you. So I do. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the cat's name? Let's just have her be a part of this. This is Sable. We've had her for 12 years now. She's an old lady, but she's my old lady I'm... and she loves to be near me. <laughs> So uh, I'm just totally letting her stick around and hang out in this shot. And, you know, she's she's our special guest for the podcast today. I just, my new goal of my life is for Mark to one day say of me, she's an old lady, but she's my old lady. I'm going to add that. I'm going to request that or tattoo it. Okay, Stephen, for those who are listening who have not had the great fortune of running into you before, tell us who you are with whom you spend your days and how you spend your days. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm Stephen Miller and I have seven amazing kids. I've been married for coming up on 20 years this year, Yay. which is pretty exciting. And I spend pretty much all day every day with my family because for the last mm, four years now, we have been doing this like YouTube thing where we tell our family's story on YouTube and kind of just social media in general. And um, for whatever reason, like God saw fit to like have that take off and be the thing we do. And it's our new ministry. I spent almost 20 years in traditional ministry in the local church as a worship pastor and songwriter and artist and uh, author and all that kind of thing. Uh, And then this sort of just took off um, in we started in 2018. It really took off in 2019. We've been doing it full time uh, ever since, in addition to some other sort of entrepreneurial ventures that I do, just because I that's how I'm wired. So uh, it's awesome. Amanda's my wife. We have uh, four adopted kids, two from China, two from Ethiopia. So our kids are 18, 17, 16, 16, 14, 8, and 7. And I said, I sort of hesitated on that because. We actually have two kids with birthdays next week. And oh, so yeah. it'll be 19, 17, 16, 16, 14, 9, and 7. And uh, it's just sort of how it works out. Our kids all have, we we have, all of our kids have a, a birthday set. They're all five days apart Um, on what? groups of kids. So that's yeah, crazy kind of, town. Kind of wow. Yeah. We have, um, my two eldest are born, we're born on the same day, three years apart. And so poor Mitch had a, he's the second born and his elder sister is a little, 
let me vocal. She has a leadership gift. <laughs> and yeah. so for many years, Mitch had a pink cake because mama was just too tired to make multiples. And so I'm guessing <laughs> you guys combine celebration because that's a lot. Sometimes we do. I, I, like if we're going to do something special, a lot of the times what we do instead of a big party or whatever is that we will go have some sort of experience. Mm-hmm. So Good. for a while we would do like, uh, Great Wolf Lodge or something sure. where we would all go and sort of do it the weekend that falls in between the two birthdays. Um, lately, actually, now that the kids are older and they all have friends, they all kind of want to have their own birthday party with their own birthday cake. We've always kind of done the birthday cake thing, but most of the time it's not making one. Usually they'll pick out like an ice cream cake or a cheesecake or something like that, that they really prefer to traditional cake, which makes sense because Amanda and I aren't really big on traditional cake anyway. We really prefer the ice cream or cheesecake thing so got it it's fun it's a win for everybody i love it i love it that we are starting our conversation here because um the reason i ask you that question the reason i ask other guests you know with whom are you spending your days and what are your days like i think there's this idea that when we get behind a mic and people hear us in their earbuds and thank you for letting us in your earbuds there might be an idea that we always have our light on and uh, lipstick, not you, Steven, and just our, you know, this is our, all of my day. I spend chatting with interesting (laughs) people. And really most of your day, most of my day is, you know, cleaning toilets, taking the dog for a walk, hanging out with Sybil, making sure everyone has their birthday cake. You, however, do have a camera on frequently. And I am so curious about this. Steven, you're my first YouTube megastar on this show. (laughs) Um, And I want to ask you a little bit about that because that's a weird job. Your grandparents did not know what that, your parents did not grow up. My parents would, I probably still- I didn't know. (laughs) I totally, well, it wasn't I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. Like we started doing it, we started doing it in, in 2018 and- Like just a lot of people had kind of been saying you should do a reality show or you should have a show or whatever. And uh, I just kind of had heard a lot of horror stories about that. Like they have control over what story they tell about your family and how they edit it. And the editing. And And, yes. Yeah. And and we just we've always had this thing. We just really want to honor our kids and, you know, respect their space and their privacy and and make sure we're not, you know, exploiting them or or making it to where one day they look back and say, hey, thanks, mom and dad, you know, right. kind of thing. Got a lot and of views so, on that um, one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think um, that's been a big deal uh, to us all along, but like we started it and we just sort of got going with um, doing it when, hang on a second. <laughs> I'm getting an Instacart order. Hey, how oh. are you? I'm, I'm here. Yeah, you're right at the right place. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what I'm saying. This is normal life. The Instacart guy is here. Do not let him drive away without dropping what he needs to drop. Well, they've been calling. They've been calling. I'm like, surely they'll figure it out. They'll see me in the windows or something. So behind a microphone, but no. 
<laughs> you should just totally leave this in because it's, I am it's totally real life. Leaving this in. <laughs> I get but over I here that. and I'm like, there are there is nothing to drink here, and I'm going to be here most of the day doing some work, and I need a rotisserie chicken or something protein wise. So, <laughs> so I've got that. Going, awesome. So I Instacarted it because I didn't have time to run to the store. I just I finished my workout this morning and ran it's straight over. Here. Oh my gosh! That's so great. so. It's 2018 and um, we're sort of milling this over and we get our son's um, brain diagnosis. He's got a rare brain disease called Moya Moya and he was going to have to have bilateral brain surgery. So if you're unfamiliar with Moya Moya, it's a very rare brain disease that essentially shrinks the capillaries and blood vessels in your brain and starves the brain of oxygen, which caused several strokes uh, for him as a baby and led to... Uh, cerebral palsy diagnosis is called left side hemiplegia. And so we got this diagnosis and we're like, shoot, like I'm a pastor. How in the world are we going to pay for this? And we'd had some friends who had done YouTube, but like for me, I kind of thought YouTube was this thing that you just host your videos to put them up on your website, kind of like mm -hmm. Vimeo or something mm -hmm. like that. Like, mm -hmm. and so I would often upload my music videos on there when I'd write a song and release an album or whatever. But I never really thought it was this like really robust social network with right. a very smart algorithm that connected people, you know? Um, but we thought, Hey, you know, maybe we could make a couple hundred bucks a month putting up. Cause I was making, you know, like 20 bucks a month or something like that. Off music videos. <laughs> so I was like, well, if we started doing this more regularly with like our family story, maybe it would, Maybe it would resonate. So about a year after we brought the kids home from China, um, we put our first video up and it just went boom, you know, and we kind of thought this would help us pay for the brain surgeries. And it took off in a way that allowed us to kind of go, oh, wow. Like you kind of are always gauging like where's God at work in your life and in, in your work and where do you put your time? And, and it, as more and more of that seemed to take the forefront and the priority, um, we, we really decided to make the switch, um, which consequently right before the pandemic hit, you know, I, I moved full time to doing, to working from home with my family. And so we really didn't, I mean, thankfully we, we had a real moment to breathe and rest and connect. Obviously that was just heartbreaking for so many people in so many ways, um, but for us, it was really a moment to center ourselves into this new mission that God was putting us on. And, uh, and so in, in hindsight, it was really his providence, um, to sort of make way for this thing. And now we've, that's what we do. And it's really weird. I'm so glad to get a little of the behind the scenes with that, because one of the things that strikes me about you, and we've had some great conversations in this regard, you are a super creative person. You're a musician, you're a writer, you have a great book out that released earlier this year called The Art of Getting It Wrong. And we'll talk about that in just a second, but you, you do, you're, you're a, um, a chronic creator right? You really yeah. love creating things. And so it's interesting for me to hear, and I'm sure for our listeners too, that sometimes the project chooses you, right? Sometimes yeah. we plan and plan and have our idea. And oftentimes the best stuff just falls straight into our laps. Have you found that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think most of my life, because I'm sort of a serial entrepreneur as well. And so some of that is you, you just start things. 
And sometimes it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's a flash in the pan and sometimes it takes off and sometimes you're able to provide for your family with it. And sometimes it's more of a passion project and there's just all these types of things. And, um, it's just a very interesting thing to see that of all the things I, I, it was maybe like two years before we started doing YouTube. Um, I heard Craig Groeschel speaking and, uh, he said, it may not be something you create that leaves your legacy, but someone you raise. And I thought, wow, that's really profound because I think for me as a creator and sort of the creative type, it's often very easy to find my identity in how do people receive this stuff that I'm making, you know? Um, and in all, all reality, I've got these seven people at home, eight people, if you include my wife, who kind of think I'm pretty great even when my song is terrible or my book bombs or whatever, like it's just sort of how it goes, you know? And so um, it's really cool to, to have this thing that's sort of who I really am. Um, and, and in, in a very real sense, as a dad and as a husband being the thing that we all kind of get to do together to put a roof over our head or in this case, an RV and a shell of a home and, uh, <laughs> and a cat. <laughs> and a cat. <laughs> you know. so, I it, love really this. This is so interesting to me because you got to do both. What Craig Groeschel said that you are actually creating and you're building a family and you're raising and all of those things are intertwining. Yeah. It seems like a sweet spot for you. I have a logistical question. However, yeah, you talked about that. You, I want to circle back to when you said you, one of your, absolute paramount goals is to honor your family while you do this, particularly your, your kids. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. Amanda have some, you know, you probably talk with her, um, on the front end as well about what you're posting. And we're going to come back yeah. to Amanda because she's a ninja and I can't wait to talk about her. She is. <laughs> but I want to hear about how logistically, how does this work? Because a lot of us mm. are on social media and, posting things, posting photos. I very care. We have three teenagers in our house. And so I'm pretty careful about okaying with them before I put something out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. being careful to, as you say, sometimes the funniest stuff at our house, I could never post. About yeah. <laughs> because later they might not love that. And so how right. do you walk that line? Because that you are creating a lot of content and a lot mm -hmm. of folks are in this, even if they're not a YouTuber, we're all kind of in this moment of like, how do we know when, when we are posting something that might come back later and not be quite as exciting for the person in the post? How do you do right. that with all your kids? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's a learning curve to that and you kind of experience that as you go. I think early on, um, you know, especially as we chronicled like our son's brain surgery, for example, we probably uh, would do that a lot differently now than we did back then. Um, How so? Well, I, you know, I just think, I don't know that Lincoln will ever uh, quite fully grasp or understand like how difficult that was for us, you know? Um, but he was going through it, you know? But I think some of that is just looking at how do we frame this as artists with as much dignity as we can give our children, you know? Um, and so maybe like not include some of the shots or include some of the more difficult things, if that makes sense. Like obviously brain surgery is just difficult no matter what, you know, 
um, there, there's not a lot of getting around that, you know, but maybe, um, and the, the other thing is like, we, we always give our kids, uh, the ultimate say on like, if this is a filming day, do you want to be a part of it? Um, and a lot of times they'll, you know, not a lot of times, sometimes they'll say like, no, I don't feel great today. I don't look, I don't feel like I look great today or what, you know, that those things that we all feel. Um, and we make sure we give them plenty of a heads up so that they can get ready and all those things and feel good about doing what we're doing. They sort of always know what's on the horizon, but ultimately they have the ability and the right to say, nah, I'm not into it today. So I think that's a big part of it. And then uh, after the fact, like if they see something and they don't really love it in the vlog and they say, Hey, take that out. Like we do, you know? So, um, I think there's a lot of it to that. The other thing is we just sort of have this set of like, uh, standards of what we will and won't show. Like, we're not going to show our kids crying. We're not going to show the meltdowns. We're not going to show fights. We're not going to do drama. We're not going to do clickbait. We're not going to exploit our kids. We're not going to do any of that stuff that, honestly probably would get us more views um and cause our channel to go you know because that's just what gets the clicks you know but in the long run it's not really engendering trust with uh the community that we're building and it's also not consistent with sort of our family's brand of like who we really are either you know absolutely i know what you mean yeah it's their story i mean in a lot of yeah, ways it it's is. their story to tell and so even though it you're is. the one behind yeah. the camera mm -hmm. i love it that you are so careful about that and just mindful i love that i one of the phrases you you used there about you know me, being mindful of how it is giving them dignity um, and yeah. you're the one you're in the driver's seat for that, right? Oftentimes, mm -hmm. um, the folks who are writing books or doing podcasts or, or creating content, or even folks on their, on their Facebook pages, sometimes I think, oh, golly, later, you're not going to love that. That's up there, yeah. you know, in four years when your child is on social right. media himself, he's not going to love that. So yeah. I love it that you are just leaning into that intentionally, that there is when you talked about engendering trust, I don't think it's just that you're engendering trust with me as your fan or as the person who's watching you, but also with your kids. I mean, that yeah. thing would go up in a, in a, just a bonfire if they were worried that who knows what mom right. and dad would post today. Yeah. You're right. smart. I'm telling yeah. you, you're smart. Well done. I am not a YouTube star and have no intention. However, you are doing a great job. Um, um, listen. Amanda, let's go there. <laughs> you guys amazing. have been married, you said almost 20 years. You got married yeah. very young. You look like you're we 10. Did. So I'm just <laughs> assuming this is an early thing. Um, I love how you love each other. You are full-time in love people on in, yeah. on screens. And somehow you do this with people watching and still having it look completely natural and completely mm. organic. I don't think you're I don't think you're putting bows where there are no bows. So I right. would love to hear a little bit of your story and how you found each other, but also how you keep each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we were high school sweethearts, um, met my senior year. She was a sophomore and uh, I was a, a office aide during the lunch hour. And one day I needed to go. Glamorous to a position. Very yeah, glamorous. It's like <laughs> ultimate, you know, so much power, you know. <laughs> And, uh, 
So I go into the lunchroom to tell my friend something and I'm like, he's sitting with her and she's wearing this white sweater and she's got this like blonde, just blonde as blonde could be hair and oh, red you lipstick. Remember this. And I'm like, Woo, baby. <laughs> so, uh, so I ask, I, I go up to my friend, Matt, and I'm like, dude, who, who is that girl? Like who's, who's at your table? And I point to her like a true high school kid. Like I an point at the girl aid. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and Matt's like, oh, that's Amanda. She plays keys for me at church. And I was like, what? She plays keys. So I go up and just plop down next to her and Hey, I'm Steven. And she's just like, Hey, I'm Amanda. (laughs) And that's, it was about as awkward as it could be. And so I pursued her, uh, as coolly as I could for you know months and finally she caved and went to prom with me for our first date okay so uh I sat down with her right after that and said hey listen I'm going off to college and I don't want to have a like so dumb you know I don't want to have a long distance thing she thinks I'm sitting down to like ask her to be my girlfriend you know and I'm like hey you know and like I get home and I'm like what have I done what a dumb but like what am I thinking you know so I uh this is pre cell phones, you know? So like I go and, um, and we, uh, uh, there was this like founders day thing at, in dripping Springs where we're from in Texas. And, uh, so I was like, I I'm pretty sure she's going to be there. So I steal my mom's car <laughs> and drive down to, <laughs> to the founders day thing. And I'm like looking for her like street after street. And, and I finally see her cause you can't miss that, you know, blonde hair. <laughs> And so I like run up to her and I'm like, I'm a fool. Like, please don't listen to what I said a couple of days ago. Like I'm, so I did the smart thing and didn't go to college and stayed home instead and <laughs> married her. And uh, it was actually a good decision, you know, uh, for, for us. There's a line in a movie called Meet Joe Black from back in the day. And Anthony, Anthony Hopkins is telling his daughter, he's like, I want you to be swept away. I want you to sing with rapture and dance like a dervish. And I'm like, that's, that's what I want for my daughters, you know? And so hopefully the way that I'm loving their mom is, uh, you know, giving them an example of what that looks like. Cause you know, you see a lot of relationships and it's some of its personality. I'm a hopeless romantic at heart, but like, I just, I can't comprehend a kind of a cold, non emotional love, you know, that, um, cause I'm just, if I feel it, you're going to know it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so people are like, oh, they're, they're so in love. And like, we're not faking that. Like, I don't, I don't really know how to fake that, you know, like it's, I don't, I don't think it's possible. Like, so it's just, she's awesome, you know? And I, I, really, I just really like her a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Like, you know, 20, it was, it was funny the other day, um, we were going through the house with our contractor finally. And, uh, and, and he was talking to the electrician and he said, uh, yeah, they got seven kids. They actually just discovered the TV last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's about <laughs> That's pretty right. Good. It, it took me a second, but it, it was pretty good. And, uh, <laughs> one of my kids was there. She's like, oh, dad. Oh, gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. I just love how you love each other. And you're right. First of all, 
we would be so grossed out if you were able to fake something like that. Um, and it's it everything that I see or hear from either one of you, there's just not there's no artifice there. And I would mm. hope um that it inspires folks no matter where they are in their relationships to tap into that. I mean, I still see the high schoolers in you, right? Mm, like yeah. when you the way you talk about her is just so lovely. And I think sometimes maybe mm. we forget about those first moments um but the first mm -hmm. moments are why we have these moments so i yeah. just love it I, I would say this too like i think some of it is that you know when you've been together uh as long as we have you know be 20 22 years coming up um since we started dating like they they see the worst in you you know they get to see the very deepest darkest worst brokenness in you and when you are still loved in spite of that and you know it it just does something like that's what grace does to us you know like when god sees us at our worst and loves us with his best and then he gives us the gift of marriage as like a earthly reminder of that and that's i think that that's uh something that's so beautiful that i've certainly experienced because amanda has seen me at my worst you know and then some um, but she still chooses me and she still loves me. And I think that that, I don't know, it's just, it, it makes the heart like Grinch up, like, you know, whenever he hears Wahoo, whatever the song is on Christmas morning, like that's, that's sort of how it feels to know that you're loved in spite of your worst failures, you know? And, um, and that's, that's been our relationship for sure. So. Well, when you can build on something like that, the, what results is just really beautiful. And I think that's mm. actually the heartbeat of your book as well. The art yeah. of getting it wrong. I mean, I think that you're speaking in terms of marriage. I think you've seen that um, and the beautiful stuff that comes after the worst, but you have such an engaging way of telling stories in this book that draw the reader in over and over to listen, you're going to get to plan B, right? You're going to fall on your face. Here are some <laughs> ways that I did. Um, and there's just so much grace to cushion that fall. Um, just yeah. so well done. I really enjoyed reading your books even. Aww, thank you. Hey folks, just a quick interruption here to let you know about another podcast you might enjoy. My friend Bob Goff and I host The Writing Room, a place where authors talk shop. Whether you are a writer yourself, or you're just curious about how in the world an idea ends up with a barcode, The Writing Room is a place where we talk about all things books. Neither Bob nor I are really into secrets, so we pull back the curtain on how we go about writing and how to have some fun along the way. We would love for you to join us on the adventure. The Writing Room is available on all your favorite streaming platforms and airs nationally on K-Love Radio. And now, back to the conversation. You've also released music since the last time we talked, so I wanted you to talk to yeah. me about that, about, um, I mean, I want to talk about the content of the book in just a second, but if you can tell a little bit about how how are you doing these things? Because you're doing video stuff, your family stuff, a book, a new song just came out. It, what, how do you keep track of that? And how do you decide which, I mean, we talked a little bit about how sometimes projects fall in your lap, but for example, 
writing this book? How did you decide or how do you decide what video to make later this week? How are you yeah. doing this? Does your brain so, just, are you constantly like making this list of, oh, that might be cool? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> I mean, Amanda and I are like, there's not a day that goes by that I don't have some kind of idea I'm bouncing off of Amanda. Like, what if, what if we did this? That kind of goes back to, I just have this real entrepreneurial right. spirit and I yeah. get a lot of joy out of building things. Um, and I get a lot of joy out of creating. And I think right now the measure, Bob Goff actually said it um, on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. He said, it's not, will it work, but will it last? And I think that's just such a great measure about what do you, what do you focus on? You know? Um, and, and, and so like, I think for me, you know, there, there was a time when I was putting out two albums a year, you know, and nothing really, I, I, you know, it's just, it was a waste of resources. It, none of it was really, uh, I loved it. Like I had a lot of fun with it. It was part of the way that I was honestly finding my value and worth in ways that I shouldn't have been. Um, now, you know, oftentimes we put ourselves in these little siloed categories by which we identify ourselves to the outside world. And so maybe I think like, oh, I can't do YouTube because I'm an artist, because I'm a musician, or, oh, I can't be an author because I'm a, you know, this or that, or I can't, mm -hmm. whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, something that's been really freeing for me is thinking about our founding fathers here in America mm -hmm. is like, those guys weren't professional politicians. I mean, they, they were like wood workers and roof right. makers and pastors and, and, and yeah usually all of the above like usually i'm a pastor and an inventor and also a blacksmith and also i write the constitution you know right like right. It's, it's it's kind of insane and none of them were like no i can't write the constitution because i'm a blacksmith right you know? they were just sort of like do what you need to do and whatever god puts in your hands go with it you know so I'm actually, I'm actually like bouncing. I told the man, I was like, I've got an idea for a book. It's called You Can Do It All, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds so controversial because everything totally. you see is like, you can't do it all. You know? <laughs> but like the idea is like, don't, don't let, you know, your own personal um, perspective. of Because like, so back in the day, if I'm a worship pastor and I or a worship leader, worship songwriter, whatever. And I put out a song that's not about Jesus. Like, like Chris Tomlin, for example, writes a song about his wife. Yeah. People would be like, what's wrong with this guy? He's a worship leader. He's not supposed to be <laughs> writing songs about his wife. You know, it's like, well, I mean, is not loving my wife worship? You know, like, I, it's just come on. listen, if we're going to go down this road, you're going to have to retract my <laughs> eyeballs back from how far they're rolling. Okay. I mean, I've written books in the mainstream market and I was too Pollyanna and didn't have enough raunchy sex in my rom-com. And I've written for the Christians. And I didn't do that right either because it was too salty that, I mean, there is the, the audience can it's, be difficult. Yes. Yeah. So I think when you sort of remove those barriers from your own perspective about who you are. There's a really cool, I mean, he's not for everybody. Maybe he is. I think he has the most followers on Instagram of anybody, but the rock, you know, okay, has yeah, no, sure. he, there's no limitation. Like he's not really an actor. Yeah. He is an actor, but like, if you look, watch him on Instagram, he's 
an energy drink maker, a workout gear guy, a movie guy, a rapper, a Maui, uh, you know, like (laughs) he's owning the XFL now. Like he's not like, oh, I can't own the XFL because I'm an I'm Maui. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's some freedom in that. And I think people see that and they're like, man, that's so that's sort of how I do it. I, I guess is that I, I just got to a point in my life where I'm, there's too much to do to care. Like if people get it or not, like if they get it, they get it. If they don't, they don't. And it's just me doing what I feel called to do in that moment and asking the question, will it last? Not will it work? And so with the book, you know, I felt like this is something that I want to write that will last because something that is extremely human is that you mess up. And whenever I look at my kids and I look at my colleagues, they have the same problem. They mess up. They're fearful. They're afraid of what's going to happen if they mess up. They're afraid of what will happen if people found out that they messed up. They're afraid of, you know, just a million things. And, you know, if there's one thing that fear does is it enslaves us. So really, how do we deconstruct the fear of failure and give people a greater hope than just like getting it right all the time, you know? And I think that that's something that I want my kids to be able to look at and go, yeah, like when they're 45, even, you know, read that and be like, this is something that my dad kind of tried to instill in me early on. And hopefully that that helps other people too. So that's where that, that kind of came from is like, if our YouTube is sort of the highlights where we kind of tell all the amazing, beautiful, wonderful things that we're doing in life, then maybe this is another space that we can tell how we've kind of gotten it wrong. Me specifically, I don't really share anyone else's stuff in there um, because it's not my story to tell, but this is my story to tell. And how do I do that in a way that, and in the same way, you know, I just released a song called first love. I sat on it for two years, you know, I wrote it two years ago and I've just been refining it and asking the question, like, do I, do I really throw away the money on this thing? Cause you don't make money on music anymore. Well, the question is like, not, will it work? Will it last? Is this a song that will help people to return to their first love in Jesus, you know, to, to kind of take the prodigal son's approach and swallow their pride and say, Hey, I'm not worthy. Uh, I don't deserve this, but I'm here to serve you. And then feel the embracing love of a gracious father to say, no, 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 no. Like here's a robe and a ring. Like we're having a party, you're home, you know? And I hope that it will help people to kind of take that leap because I think that's a scary leap too. Like, what if I come back and like God doesn't want me anymore? You know, um, it's back to that whole like I I'm loved in spite of my worst moment. God loves me with His best, and so yeah, it sort of all fits together. I think that's kind of the theme of my life is like helping people to not be afraid of ruining everything because they're not strong enough to do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Oh, it's so beautifully said. Um, and I just want to say to you, friend to friend, that the what you're building is is going to last. I mean, I just love it that you're even putting language to that because a lot of maybe sometimes you feel like I mean, I do in my life with my family. I wonder, is anyone gonna remember this part? <laughs> like this, mm-hmm. I really poured myself out here. I'm not sure if anyone's hearing it or listening to this. Um, and 
that's probably part of why we write books because in that long form, one day they're going to cuddle up with that book on the couch and think, this is what my dad was thinking. Um, in fact, I saw a photo recently of Lincoln, your son, clutching yeah. his copy of your book. And that was <laughs> so a beautiful sweet. photo. It's so sweet that he loves his own copy. But man, that that idea has legs. That's mm. That will last well beyond that photo. The idea that you've made something that he can hold um, yeah. gosh, what a gift. So I'm sure there were many times when you did not want to go to the RV and put in your writing time, but I'm telling you, well done. <laughs> I laughed in this book. I cried in this book. Your stories are so fantastic. You are such a natural storyteller. Um, that, that I know that that was work to refine on in the written form and you did it. So well done. Thank you so yeah, much. I really, really well appreciate done. that. Listen, I know that Sable is probably deciding that she's almost done with this moment. So I will let you go back to your very busy, beautiful, and full life. But before I do, I have a question that I ask all of our guests. And um, it is a two-parter. The first part is, what is a book that you return to over and over? So a book that you recommend mm -hmm. to people, you could have read it in high school or earlier, but there's something about that book that you always think, you know, gosh, this was such a great book. And then the second mm -hmm. part of that is, is there a book on your horizon um, that you're thinking, man, I can't wait to read that. And that also can be an old book. We are fans of the backlist at For Real because we know that an author spends years and years writing and then has 14 minutes in Barnes and Noble and then they're on to the next thing. So even if it's yes. something that's been out for a while, but you've thought, man, I've got to get that one in my hands. Okay. Mm, Any ideas? Man. Yeah. So, uh, we, um, as a family love the Harry Potter series. Ah, we do so, too. So, you know, I, it's one of those that you can just go back to over and over again. And so we travel true. so much. That even even if we're not reading a hard copy of it, we we have it on an Audible. Oh you my know? gosh, uh, the audio books of those, book. and oh. it's whoever so the reader good. is, I can't like, remember his name. Unbelievable, uh, love it. It's the audio books are so good, amazing. So that would be, I think um, that, and then we're just now kind of getting back into we we had done the Hobbit, um, but Ooh. we'd never done the the Lord of the Rings series. So now we're doing that because Hold there's on that a whole minute. Lord of the Rings series on Amazon now. Pause. You are reading aloud The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings to your children? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, if not me reading it out loud, they'll read it too. I'll read it. But then we'll do audiobook whenever we're on the, in the car. I'm in awe because Tolkien, I mean, he is the master of the run on sentence. You have it's to kind of so like, good. Up, but it's so good. But you know what though, that it does help you. I mean, in so many ways, he, the, the life with which he writes mm. is just, it's so well thought out. And especially as you get into the Elvish language right. and the songs, because he, <laughs> he has such an emphasis on the songs. Right. So you can have a lot of fun with that. Uh, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to those uh, books and they're, but they're long. They're super, super they're long. They're so long. They're so it might take stopped. a whole year to read yeah. them. Yeah. I would like you at some point, here's the content idea for you. I know you're really looking for some. Can you do a little bit of that in a video? I want to see you sing Elvish in one of your <laughs> YouTube videos. That'd be awesome. You bet. <laughs> I can figure it out. We'll make it work. Um, 
<laughs> I do I do make up stories like less as less now than it was a few years ago, but sometimes the kids will still ask. I but when I'm it. putting specifically the boys to bed, they'll be like, Dad, tell me a story. And I just have these like you know, they would call them legendary stories because I don't ever have a plan with the story. I start writing it as I go and I'm just telling them, but there's all these characters and voices. And so it's, ah, it's fun. So it's sort fantastic. of me living out my voiceover acting career in private <laughs> because I don't know that I'll, uh, it'll happen. But um, another great. one, Ender, Ender's Game is a really big one uh, for me too. It's, it's one of my favorites. Um uh that i've made all the kids read and then there's a series he didn't finish it yet but it's um by a guy named cliff graham called the lion of war day of war series it's about okay. king david and his mighty men okay. it sort of reads like brave heart meets 300 meets david king david you know like Fantastic. it's very gory and it's very worry and it's awesome but it's so well written um, and he wrote three books of the series out of the five he was supposed to write. So I'm not sure if he'll ever finish that, but they're amazing. So I've made all the boys read. He actually sent signed copies of the set Aww. to each of the boys. And, uh, so there, those are those are the big ones. I'm currently reading uh, Theodore Rex by Edmund Morris. Ooh, it's um, about I really Teddy just Roosevelt. think Teddy Roosevelt is just such a, an, a fascinating character to me, and I love history. And so I'm I'm always reading some sort of biography. I um, love this. So yeah, it's just it's it, it, I love it. You know that is fantastic. That's the second presidential reference you have made during this conversation. So you're into presidents. I am as well. What was my first presidential reference? You talked about well, not presidential, founding fathers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of those <laughs> ended like, up. Hey, who is um, the other? Yeah, for sure. But listen, if you like Teddy Roosevelt books, I have a rec for you. It's called The River of Doubt. Have you read this? Okay. No. I think it's Candace Millard. We'll put it in the show notes. But that is this okay. it's a scene in Teddy's life, if I can call him Teddy, where he went down the Amazon with does. his son. <laughs> totally. Why not? Um, but it's a great book. I, if you love history and you love presidents, River of Doubt, highly recommend when you're done with what did you what's it called? Teddy Rex? Theodore Theodore, Theodore Rex. Rex King. But Richard. I did just hear the origin story of the teddy bear while reading it you're like oh my gosh like i i knew he was i knew the teddy bear was named after him but i didn't know the the legend behind it are you, you gonna know? tell and us so, no you have to go read okay. it okay got it okay <laughs> <laughs> you well can done. find it actually it was funny my my son liam just did a book report on him which is what got me kind of into it um and so he sort of told me the short version of it um Basically, he was on a hunting trip and refused to kill a bear. And so the the it just sort of the legend continued and they started making little they named it after him. And it's it pretty cool. I've yeah. never heard that story. Um he yeah. does hunt in the Amazon in that book. So just no, not yes. all bears got past Theodore Rex. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It was a it's a pretty funny story uh, for the for the bear thing anyway i it's, love it I'm, it's everyone fun. needs to yeah. go look it up for sure Stephen miller thank you for joining me today and for having such a fun conversation thanks for writing a great book and thanks for putting great stuff out into the world i just i love what you're doing thank you so much kim 
Appreciate you so much. And I can't wait for the next time. And we'll have you on our podcast. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks so much right. for being here. See ya. How about that kind of YouTube star? We need more of the hope and kindness and long-lasting love found in the Miller family, right? What a treat to get to chat with Stephen and Sable the cat. I am signing off for today, but don't go far because we will be back soon with more. And if you like what we're up to around here, I will politely implore you to leave a review so that others can find us. If you do not like what we're up to around here, Godspeed. And please mull over your distaste in silence. Either way, I'm glad you're along for the ride, friends. See you soon. And I can't wait for real. Thank you.